0: What radio the music you want? Know. With your host, Dan. Town and beer. Seven o'clock in the morning.
1: Scotch. RadioWhatS dot
0: What radio the music you want? Know. With your host, Dan. This
1: town needs an enema.
0: RadioWhatS What's up party people, it's Keys Dan with RadioWhat.com, DJLittleRock.com, coming to you live in a living color from the Radio What studios, and this is my podcast, What Makes You Famous. It's an extension of the RadioWhat.com internet radio station that I've been running for quite some time, and if you need DJ services, where do you go? DJLittleRock.com. Check availability and get a free price quote, and maybe you can have me. Yeah! Me, keys, Dan, at your next event, djlittlerock.com. Today on the program, Chris Cox from the Multiple Podcast Disorder Podcast. I'm looking forward to hearing more about him. It's a He seems like a pretty cool guy, and you get to hear him in your ears in the next few minutes. This week's show's... It's Saturday as I record this, the last Saturday of the year 2019, and we're heading into 2020. So the next public show that I have, ooh, it's New Year's De- New Year's Eve. I'll be at the Loft in downtown Conway, Arkansas. It's a rooftop party, baby. That's how I'm spending in the New Year at the Loft downtown. I think it's called the Downtown Loft, and that's on the third floor of the building uh, just above Senor Tequilas, downtown Conway, Arkansas. So we'll be partying on the rooftop. Now, part of the downtown loft is covered. It's a brand-new, well, I say it's a, a brand-new event center. Uh, it's it's a place to hold events, but it, the room's been there. I think before it was called maybe Michael's Loft or something like that, the, or the rooftop party place but uh, I I know I've done weddings a lot of weddings up there uh, a good portion a good couple of handfuls of weddings up in up on the rooftop but uh, a new lady Belinda Boyd she has taken it over and she's calling it to the, the downtown loft she just got it in October and I think she's had a wedding or two there and a couple of birthday parties but this this is the first big show that she's having at the downtown loft in Conway Arkansas and I I hope it that becomes the start of a beautiful relationship because I, I do like that room so much and i say it's a room that there's an interior part of it that holds i think you could probably hold a good maybe a hundred people up there comfortably and then it spills out onto the rooftop that overlooks the uh, oak street which is the the main drag through um conway downtown so you could I mean, as the as New Year's 2020 comes up, you'll be able to overlook the city and hopefully you'll be with your honey and, and uh, get some smoochies uh, right there at the loft, the downtown loft just above Senor Tequila's in Conway, Arkansas. I'm just, hey, if you can't hear it, I'm excited. I'm very excited about being there on New Year's Eve, uh, spending uh, celebrating the the birth of 2020. And 2020 could be a great year. Yeah, I know there's going to be a lot of puns. Hindsight is 2020. And 2020 is the year of clarity. kind of excited about that Uh, right there at the downtown loft, Conway, Arkansas. So if you're within earshot, uh, within driving distance, uh, hey, take a helicopter if you can. Come on out and spend some time. Spend your New Year's Eve with me. At the downtown loft. Conway Arkansas. And then on Friday. Got the usual Friday night gig. Yeah. Over at the Rab. In Conway Arkansas. Uh, Last night was so good. The last Friday of the year. And uh, I expect... Uh, next friday the first friday of the year to be uh, nothing but great I, I had such a good time so many people at the rab last night oh my goodness and my theme you know usually I, I put out a theme but i really didn't have a theme i just picked out like the the greatest party music of all time and just kind of popped it in there or just random we had some rock and pop and and uh, you know r&b and hip-hop and just threw it all in there uh, some stuff with some really good bass Uh, So that, uh, got the people moving, the booties moving and, you know, we do, we do karaoke too. So people were singing and we had some good singers too, uh, over, I think it was over 20 in rotation, which a, you know, for when you're hanging out, waiting to sing and that's all you want to do there, maybe, you know, grab a couple drinky poos and maybe have some of that pizza over there, but, uh, and you're waiting to sing and there's 20 singers, sometimes you can get a little impatient, you know, but, uh, be patient. I got the thing going, man. I, I keep it running and every once in a while throw in a dance song. So that way, you know, the people that are there to shake their booties can, can do that too. So, uh, yeah, it's always a good time at the rab on Friday nights, (sighs) excited about the new year coming and excited about talking to Chris Cox from the multiple podcast disorder. So, uh, Let's uh, let's give a call to Chris Cox. Calling Chris Cox now. Hi, Chris Cox, please.
1: Uh, speaking. How are you doing?
0: Oh, multiple podcast disorder, man. Yes, I am. <laughs> it's Keys, Dan, with the What Makes <laughs> You Famous podcast. Uh, how's your day?
1: Oh, man, my day is going fine, Dan. Um, I just woke up, made some breakfast for the family, and sitting here talking to you on air.
0: Well, it's a few days after Christmas. Uh, the, the big uh, holiday season is nearly over. 2020 uh coming up, approaching how was uh, how was your Christmas? If you celebrate that kind of thing,
1: oh yeah, Christmas was great. I mean, again, it's always good. Kids were happy with their gifts. We got to hang out with family, uh, make some food, stay up pretty much all night. Because uh, my my wife's family and I now um, our family we kind of celebrate uh, Christmas Eve. So what we do is kind of hang out together as a family, make some food. And then about midnight or a little bit before midnight, we all say a family prayer, what we're thankful for. And then about 12 on one, you start ripping into those gifts. So kids kid stayed up to about three in the morning and then went to bed about yeah about three, three thirty. And they were back at it about seven, ready to open up the rest of their gifts. So <laughs> it was a it was a fun, long night, but it was a good Christmas.
0: Man, Chris Cox, family time is good. I'll tell you that uh, for for no uh, no unapparent reason. This is a a wonderful time, a wonderful thing. I always feel that family is very important. They're the ones that are probably going to back you up uh, the rest of your life, man. They're the the ones that that you were born into and should uh, should stick with you forever and ever yeah and it sounds like you're you're tight with your family uh, nebraska life is that is that midwest i guess that's still midwest kind yeah, of yeah it's
1: it's the midwest and i'm not, i'm actually a, a transplant I wasn't I and mean, neither of my wife like i wasn't born in wisconsin i was born in nebraska and neither was my wife uh so i was born in new york city so i really <laughs> from new york yeah i grew up in new york city grew up raised in uh, first Harlem and then the Bronx, and then I moved to Brooklyn when I was like 16, and I was a steady New York resident until about 19 years old, and then I went to Sioux City, Iowa, which is a very small town. How? Uh, where, uh, football. Uh, oh, all right. All I, I, right. I went to I went to Morningside College, go Mustangs. Uh, we are now back-to-back NAIA national championships in football. 29-game undefeated win streak. So, uh, I mean, we went there, played football, uh, had a blast, really kind of fell in love with the Midwest, even though for the first couple of weeks I couldn't sleep because I had never really heard crickets. <laughs> 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 so uh, I couldn't sleep, I had to turn the TV on, on the radio on. Um, and this is back in the day. This is like 2001, so it was all CDs, DVDs, and some VHS was... There was no streaming services back then. <laughs> and uh, Tell me oh, more, yeah, Grandpa. I, I, I know. I'm old, man. Was, you know, I, I remember when, you know, going and buying tapes for music. Like when a new artist dropped an album, you brought her on tape. But anyway. <laughs> wait, I wait a minute,
0: Chris Cox. You just got older when you said, I remember when.
1: <laughs> I know. I I know I'm old because. You're not. I tell you what, I know. Uh, uh, you know, I'm 38 so <laughs>
0: We're not too old for this I, We're not too old for this
1: I know we're not too old for this But I tell you what I, I know how I'm feeling old And I don't like this mu- The music that's out now I've caught myself I've caught myself saying Man this ain't music Man, This ain't music This ain't music like when I was growing <laughs> up And I remember I remember my dad saying the same thing What you listening to they can't understand what they saying Oh, I'm like, damn, I'm old. It's
2: happening.
0: It, it is uh, happening. But yeah. <laughs>
2: All
0: right. Continue, so continue to with me. the story yeah. about Nebraska. We'll talk We'll talk about computer. I mean, we'll talk about music and, and what's going on yeah. these days with these kids.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I, I lived in Nebraska. I played football. I uh, went to college, finished school. And uh, right when I was finishing school, I met the woman who was going to become my wife. And she was still going to school in Kearney, Nebraska, which is like five hours away from where Sioux City, Nebraska is, uh, excuse me, Sioux City, Iowa is. And we kind of met and stayed in touch and stayed in contact. And uh, all the way through when I finished school, left Sioux City, went to Baltimore for about a year and a half to stay with my dad, help my dad for a little bit. And then we, you know, as kids do, we decided we'd love each other. And so I moved to Kearney, Nebraska, and we uh, created a life together, got married, and we were like, you know what, we're tired of Nebraska, let's go to Wisconsin, (laughs) and we moved to Sheboygan, Wisconsin, and we worked in Milwaukee, and it's beautiful. It's very beautiful. Wisconsin, if, we, if nobody's ever visited Wisconsin, please do
0: so. It's a very <laughs> beautiful state.
1: It really is. Like I, I, The Wisconsin Travel Bureau should be paying me for this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's what I was right. going to say. This portion of the podcast brought to you by the Wisconsin Travel Bureau.
1: <laughs> for real. I mean, speaking into existence, I can get some money. <laughs> 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 uh, but then as we you know, started developing a family and our kids were, you know, getting a little old, not a lot, you know, like I think they were at the time, four and two, and we wanted to be closer to family, so we moved back to Nebraska, so we'd be closer to my in-laws, and we've been here for about four, four going on five years now, back in Nebraska, so that's my, that's the quick version of how I got from New York City uh, all the way to Iowa, then to Nebraska, and then to Wisconsin, and then back to Nebraska.
0: So, Chris Cox, to me, you and Lady Gaga are the only uh, two famous people that I know out of uh, Nebraska. So, uh,
1: yeah. <laughs> there's a few others. Uh, Gabrielle Union. She's from Omaha. Uh, uh, all right. <laughs> so there's a few
0: others (laughs) you're schooling me chris cox uh new york transplant you know here here i am from miami big city in in conway arkansas small city so yeah yeah, i'm with you on the on the culture shock and and what what, what's what are those up in the sky oh those are stars okay
1: yeah
0: (laughs) i can see those now
1: I know, wait, you mean the stores don't stay open 24 hours? Or, so, you know, all, the only place I can go 24 hours is Walmart? Oh, what?
2: yeah.
0: Okay. So, yeah. so wait,
1: I, I got to buy my clothes, food, and change my oil in the same store?
0: And, and and the fact that you can do that in one store. Yes. I, I think Walmart yes. might be the last bastion of freedom, man. Everything else is closing down, uh, all the it, the stores. That's because online shopping
1: oh yeah online is and even walmart is some is like they're doing the online um i know we're getting off topic but that's kind of what i do at multiple uh, multiple podcasts disorder i talk about everything
0: yeah there are no topics like, that are taboo man whatever whatever you no. feel whatever you you veer off into yeah. primarily this is a story of you and your life and how you came to be uh, chris cox the multiple podcast disorder podcast uh the host and, and i i've listened yeah, to a little bit of of your podcast and yeah you are pop culture man you you do uh go uh throughout things and whatever's on your mind you speak it uh, you speak it to the people yeah
1: and i can't i can't stress enough I, I'll, I'll say this real
0: quick and jump back on
1: yeah. i can't stress enough how i don't like boxes like i don't like being put in a box and and people said oh man you should do a sports podcast man i'm like but I don't want to just be that guy that just knows sports. Because I, I like other things other than sports. Like I love football. I love baseball. But everybody's talking about football and baseball. Everybody's talking about some aspect of sports. And I'm like, well, I just talk about everything. So I'm going to tell you what's on my mind. So I guess that's kind of what started my podcast. My wife, who was getting tired of me talking to her about these things. <laughs> she was like, you need to talk to somebody else it's like i don't understand what you're saying like what anime what what level up power I don't, i'm done i don't i don't know what you're talking about So
0: you're keeping your marriage sports together, sports together chris cox by starting a podcast and talking to people sometimes strangers yeah. like i am Just you going, you're my newest yeah. facebook friend hey <laughs> and,
1: i know that's how you gotta reach out man like like the mem says nobody will support you like a stranger you met on facebook <laughs> nobody will support your art man (laughs)
0: chris cox i'm looking at the tent poles of multiple podcast disorder and and yes it is sports anime uh, movies pop culture those are the the four tent poles at least that you have listed up top there but uh yeah Yeah. we're we're finding out how chris cox came to be chris cox and and you're from new york city until you're 19 yeah, new york city. growing up in new york until city I was 19 how how yeah. is the the family life how is the school life what what does a young chris cox do in uh, what part of new york
1: i in well all really all over i lived in three out of the five boroughs so hey. i grew up in harlem i grew up in harlem until i was about seven and then i moved to the bronx and the bronx is where i spent most of my time like from seven to the age of like 16. So a good, what's that, nine years I spent living in the Bronx. And young Chris Cox spent a lot of time trying to avoid fights. (laughs) Because it, it it, it is very much navigating your way through. It's very much understanding, okay, where can you go, where can't you go, and why can't you go? And I, I know that sounds, I don't want to say morbid, but that it really is, especially a young kid, especially in mid-80s in New York City, so mid-80s, early 90s, trying to grow up and navigate through that. I mean, it really is, if you don't know how to protect yourself in some way, that is not always physically, but how fast is your mind, how sharp is your tongue? Of somebody tried to say something to you, well, how fast is your comeback? How good is your comeback? Like, you always had to be on your toes, and you couldn't really take a lot of uh, crap from people. Because if they felt that you were a target, that you can just continue to get joked on or laughed at or picked on, then it was just going to be an avalanche. Everyone was going to pile on, because no one wants to be the weakest person. And so you try to find ways to navigate through that. And I was really good with cracking jokes on people. I was really good at defending myself using my wit and using my tongue because I didn't. I didn't want to get into physical because I was like I don't. I don't want to fight anybody. Uh, I don't, that's not what I wanted to do. But then at a certain point. You not wanting to get into a fight doesn't matter. <laughs> mm. Somebody's going to want to get into a fight with you. And then so then you learn how to defend yourself. And I did. I learned how to defend myself pretty good and, uh, physically and verbally and mentally. And I tell people this all the time. I was like, I- I'm a nerd. I'm just a nerd that can fight.
0: Like, yeah. I mean, like you generally, uh, you you look like a bigger person and you played football. Well, how did you learn how to fight? Yeah. Did you learn formally in a, in a no. studio of some kind or, or is this a,
1: no, I learned, I learned about a school of hard knocks. I learned by uh, taking a punch and learning. I don't want to get hit in the face anymore. <laughs> I learned about, I hope your hand,
0: I, don't, I, don't I hope your fa- hand feels okay for me hitting it with my face. Yeah.
1: It was kind of like that. Like, you know what? I don't know if I want to get hit like this anymore. So I better learn how, like, not to cry because I got hit. And I better learn how to throw some bunches back. And that's pretty much how you learn. And, I mean, you don't have to be the greatest. I'm not going to sit here and say, man, my sheet record is 35-0 because it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I have lost a fair share, and I have won a fair share. And usually what happens is, once people know that you're going to fight back, then a lot of that stuff dies down because nobody wants to fight somebody that really wants to fight back. <laughs> and then, so a lot of it, so a lot of it dies down. So by the time I got to uh, my last year, of middle school, a lot of that stuff died down. Cause then people knew like, Oh, well, Chris, gonna fight you back. Hey, he may not win, but he going to throw you out of the window, uh, which that, Consequently, I tried to do that in high school, in middle school. Get out the window. I was like, you know what? You got to raise your level of violence
0: so someone doesn't pick on you. But you, <laughs> you ran the gauntlet of your young life. Uh, you you made it through elementary school. Uh, I remember elementary yeah. school. If you did walk by a bigger kid, generally they would try to bully you. They're 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 trying to uh, find their boundaries, and and uh, mm-hmm. you know, picking on the on the weaker, the younger, the smaller is. is a, a trope, and and I'm, I'm gonna say no bullying. Come on, man, stop bullying. Help yeah, each other out. <laughs> I mean,
1: no, I I wish I, I'm down with the no bullying, but at the same point, uh, you gotta stand up for yourself. Right. Like, I didn't I didn't have a bunch of adults that jumped in and was like, oh, well, stop this. You know, I had a lot of adults that said, well, you need to figure it out. <laughs> mm-hmm. You're gonna keep letting them pick on you, or you're gonna do something about it. And a lot of times, and I had it reversed because I was bigger but I was like jokey and playful. And so people like picked on me because of that. Like, oh man, you big, I wanna I wanna fight you. Like I wanna test myself against you because you're a bigger kid, but you're not trying to bully nobody. You just like cracking jokes and hanging out and talking with people. So then I think you're soft. And so I got the reverse of it. So like people would just try to like, literally just try to start stuff with me cause I was a bigger kid. And then, like I said, once I started fighting back and that stuff stopped, I made it through middle school, and then I went to high school, um I was like, "Well, I couldn't wait to get to high school because I wanted to play football, and I didn't get like a lot of kids they play like um Kiwi football and stuff like that. I didn't play it. I just played football outside with my friends in the street in the neighborhood. Um, cause like my parents didn't have money to like buy equipment, put me in PE, and do all that stuff. So I never got to play. So I didn't play and start playing actual organized football until I got to high school. And then when I got to high school, like I let all the aggression out. I was like, Oh my God, like I can beat on people out here and not get in trouble. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Yeah. We about to have some fun. So I got to like, let all that stuff out and let like a lot of stuff that was going on at home. And it was like a release for me to play sports in high school. Like I played football. <clears throat> I don't say I played basketball. I dabbled in basketball.
0: You dabbled, dribbled. <laughs>
1: I, 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 I didn't even dribble. I just got put in because if a kid was making too many layups, uh, Coxie would go in stop those layups. <laughs>
2: so
1: Once that kid didn't want to drive in no more, Oh, he's all right. You're out. (laughs) You get back onto the edge of the bench. Like, so I dabbled in basketball, like freshman year. I dabbled in baseball, which I went to like a couple of practices, but it just didn't, it didn't suit me. I did wrestling, but football is a sport that like, I love football. So anything that football asked me to do, I, I did it. So like workout, run, try to eat better, watch more films, study it, whatever it needed to be, I did it. And like, I truly, truly, truly still, still do love football. I actually just stopped, I just, not just, but I stopped playing organized, full contact, full padded football. I stopped four years, five years ago. So right before we moved back to Nebraska, I was playing on a semi-pro team in Wisconsin. See, this is something I, I just playing. heard
0: about Chris Cox. Is that there's adult teams that not they're not necessarily uh, NFL. If guys want to get together and play football, there's organized yeah. teams. You could tell me a little bit about that because I, I heard about that oh. from a lady who's who's running one of those in Northwest Arkansas, and I I thought that was pretty cool. You know, get together and, and yeah, play. It, I, I think there's that's it, something that's lacking in your adult life, man. You got to go out and play. Yeah, it gives it
1: gives a lot of guys that maybe they played in college football and they're kind of, they didn't play after that. It gives them still something to say, Hey, I'm still in my athletic peak and I want to go be athletic and I want to go do something because playing football, it, It does give you a sense of self-purpose because then you're like, well, if I'm playing football, I got to go to the gym. If I got to go to the gym, I got to eat right. If I got to eat right, I got to focus on that work so I can make enough money to pay (laughs) for all the stuff I have to pay for since I'm playing semi-pro. And it kind of gives you that purpose, that, that drive to get you going. But, yeah, there's a ton of leagues like Wisconsin. There's like the WSFL, which is the Wisconsin State Football League. There's the MSFL, which is the Mid States Football League. There was the GFL for a while. Um, there's a Minnesota League. There's a Pioneer League. There's a lot of different leagues um, that represent uh, the different uh, areas or different like uh, breakdowns of Wisconsin. So like you have a northern, was it a Northern Lights Football League? which was your your northern states. Not northern states, but your uh, far north in Wisconsin, which is all the way up to Michigan. You play some teams in Menominee, Michigan. You can play teams in, like I said, Minnesota. You play teams in Milwaukee. You can only go down and play teams um, in Illinois. Uh, so it was pretty cool. We I played in the WSFL first for like my first six years. Uh, we played with we the Sheboygan County Rebels. And we played in WSFL. We went to the championship four years out of my six, and we won one. So we were like the Buffalo Bills of, <laughs> of uh, semi-pro football. And all like I think it's our combined—you and it's, you can tell it still uh, haunts me. Like our combined <laughs> loss pointage was like six points. Aww. Like like the combined losses of all the teams were like six points. There, it was it was definitely frustrating for the ones we lost. But I'll tell you what, it was awesome for the one that we, the, the time that we came away with the victory, because we had to beat our rivals for the, which was the M M&M, and M. they were called the Timberjacks, which is the Menominee, Michigan Timberjacks, and we had to beat them for the championship. And it was like the sweetest victory ever. Like, you it live was awesome.
0: for that one.
1: Oh, it was. <laughs> oh, it was great. It was a great <laughs> moment to to win that. And then. So, I mean, we played and then we played, then we joined the MSFL, which is the Mid-States Football League, which was a lot higher competition. I mean, ours was probably like, we had a really, looking at it this way, we were like the Big Ten a couple years ago. The WSFL and the Mid-States Football League was kind of like the SEC. So, still very high-quality competition, but it's just that much
0: faster playing in the MSFL. So, so we played there yeah you say you're 38 and is that too old to be playing football i mean because it, it starts to get hard in your body i think the f- last time i played a you know a pickup game of football in the, in this in we we took turns uh being quarterback and my arm was sore yeah. and i was only in my 20s <laughs> late 20s so yeah it yeah. does take a toll that's why
1: i i had to retire like i, I like i mean funny to say you retire. But I did, like I told my team, I was like, guys, this is this is it. Like after this season I'm done. Because before we play games on Saturdays. And so I play a game on Saturday. Sunday I was, you know, still recovering. Monday I was kinda of recovering. Tuesday I was ready to go. <laughs> but towards my like seventh year in the league, I wasn't ready to go until like Friday night. <laughs> Yikes! <laughs> it would take it would take all week, you know, I'm a lineman. So it would take all week for like my body to recover or my fingers to recover, you know, and just to get prepared to be able to play another game. And that's e- that's even with uh, working out in the, during the season to, you know, keep your strength up, trying to eat right during the season. But it's just once you hit like, you know, 33, 34, you're like, Oh, this is a lot. Like, I'm getting beat up, you know, I'm getting bruised up. And you realize you're not as fast as you were before. And and the one thing I had, I was strong.
2: Mm. So
1: I always had that and I had technique. But you realize you're not as fast anymore. So Certain things you could do, you can't really pull off the way you used to. And you're relying a lot on kind of just experience and move. Say like, oh, well, I've seen this before. So that means this is coming and you can, you know, beat it. But just by your pure athleticism, you you do know, if you're honest with yourself, you do know that some of it's diminishing. But I've seen guys play out there well into their 40s. Like I've seen a couple guys play 42, 43 years old, you know, coming in. They may not be uh, like a full-time starter playing all four quarters of the game, but I, I know we played against guys 44 years old. He'd come out, I think it's from Jack. come out, play tight end, a couple snaps had tight end, couple snaps on defense, and you know he was in and out, but he was still out there playing. And so, it, I mean, that's awesome.
0: Yeah, I mean, so you notice your recovery time diminishing, and you get out of that game. Oh, it's, uh, okay, well, let's go back to the beginning where where you found fo- the foosball uh, and, uh, <laughs> and 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 the love for the game, and that was in New York. And and did that help to? Uh, give you a, t- a team, uh, give you a, a group of friends that that could uh, that you would feel. I mean, because uh, safety in numbers, and, and you say that there yeah. was there was trouble in the beginning uh, when you were in elementary uh-huh. school, and, th- and and as you got older and bigger and stronger and. And taught yourself how to defend yourself, and and you had the the gift of gab, the the funny uh, the funny stuff. The, that's how you get out of fights a lot of times. You you can either tell jokes or or you can just act crazy. And I I think one yeah. of Eddie Murphy's fr- uh, first stand stand-ups was uh, he acted crazy, and then the the one guy yeah. that called his bluff and said, "Come on."
1: Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh oh, that, <laughs> that was from Delirious, not that Delirious. That was from Raw. Raw,
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was from Raw.
1: <laughs> but uh come on
0: think,
1: he's like and he hit him and his lip just said yeah because i can, go <laughs> I, do that. Cause I, can rec- I can recite raw like yeah oh um, you
0: better believe it had no, that record overplayed I, it
1: oh i loved it like i said i had a vhs tape <laughs> yeah. just to rewind it until it got all fuzzy in the middle like it gets to a certain point and get fuzzy um no it didn't give me safety in numbers because i like i said once i got to like high school and a lot of that stuff was gone. Like, I wasn't out there really searching for, for, five. I mean, I was, you get, you go to certain places and I was being a kid and, you know, you know, kid in the world type stuff. But I wasn't looking for, or hanging around people too much that was into that lifestyle. So I didn't really have to worry about strength and numbers or anything like that. So
0: what did football, what, football give you? Yeah.
1: But, but what, what it did give me was like, it it gave me the huddle, and I'll explain it like this. I'll kind of use a movie quote. In um, if you ever seen any given Sunday, and Al Pacino's talking about the, like the things that people missed the most from football, and he was talking about a previous quarterback he coached, and he said he the previous quarterback said the most he ever missed the the most thing, the thing that he most missed from football was being in the huddle and looking back at the ten other guys. And knowing that you're all trying to go in the same direction. Even if you're from different backgrounds, different ages, whatever it might be, at that time when you're in a team, you're all trying to go the same direction for the same goal. And that was the biggest thing that like has always stayed with me in football and that I missed is I missed that when you're in that huddle, you're all trying to do the same thing. And you are all brothers. Because once you play football you're in a fraternity of football. Like you're always a football player. Like you're never not going to be a football player. You're always a football player. It just matters what level you got to, but you're always a football player. And I think once I joined that fraternity and once I kind of saw that or felt that love, that is what has always driven me in terms of my relationships with people is, you know, once you're with me, you're on my team type of thing and once you're on my team, I'll go through a brick wall for you and I think that's what football has ultimately taught me or given me or shown me
0: and which is why I, I love the sport or I love the game Of course I've seen any given Sunday. It's a Miami movie <laughs> come on
1: <laughs> i i always I always preface it because i do that a lot i think so you've seen that movie right and start talking and like no i haven't seen that and i'm like oh okay sorry for assuming no, i assume uh, that you would have saw that movie. but
0: what you took away from it was a life lesson man and not just the movie yeah. but football man be be a part of a yeah. team and, and if and if you find a friend uh, or a person uh, even a I guess even a business partner that has your back yeah. you got them too you know that that yep. you you'll do anything for anyone that has it you know that has your back and you will have theirs uh, so yeah yeah uh, you, you did football throughout your your high school life any other areas of interest that you You had in in high school, Uh, I I noticed that we haven't gone over the other ten poles too much. You touched upon the anime, and I guess we just talked (laughs) about the movies. But uh, what else did you do? I
1: love, oh, I'm sorry. No,
0: in high school and such, yeah.
1: Yeah, in high school. I loved anime and movies. Like, that was my other escape, is like fantasy world, I guess you would say. The cinema was, I used to go to the movie theaters if I had $7, I was going to go to the movies because that's back then. You could go see a matinee for like $3 and 50 cents. Tell me more, grandpa. <laughs> yeah, you can see a mat, You could see a matinee for $3 and 50 cents. So as long as I had enough to hop on a bus to go to the movie theaters and get on the bus back and then go buy the tickets. Like I didn't really buy food or drink. Like, I just want to go see the movie. And so I would just, I mean, tons of movies I would see. And then anime was kind of like my secret hideaway because it wasn't as popular as it is now. And, like, I've talked about that on my show before. Like, now it's popular. Now everybody is an anime fan. Everybody watches or has watched Toonami or whatever it is or Dragon Ball Z. Like, everybody's a fan. But when I was growing up, like, that was, like, weird. I was being a (laughs) cornball. Like, what is he? what, What? That's not even in English, you know? Like, so... It was something that I actually hid from a lot of people. Like, until recently, my own cousin, like my favorite cousin, uh, who I'll like, shamelessly plug his show to, his Do podcast it. from from, so from Where I Sit podcast. is on Anchor as well. He didn't even know I watched anime, and I didn't know he watched anime. So, and so we grew up together, but we grew up together in New York, and those are things you kind of hid from other people. So even in my own family, <laughs> my own cousin was like closest to me like a brother. He never let me know that he liked anime. And I never let him know that I liked anime because it wasn't such a widely popular thing. And I remember having, if I wanted to go buy like different anime movies, like I should just trek down to, trek down to Chinatown or go downtown to like 34th Street. And they had a, I think it was like Sun Coast video. And they had tons of like VHS and DVDs back then, like a lot of stuff that was way off the radar. And so I was obsessed where I'd go get my anime and go get my different movies or, you know, one shot OVAs or go get my comic books or manga. So I used to do that a lot and I used to watch movies. So that was kind of my escape. And and I really loved like foreign films. So I've watched a lot of like Korean action films and, uh, action films out of China. Like, I'm not going to say I was the first one because I'm pretty sure there were others before me. But, I mean, before John Woo became mainstream, he had a a string of really, like he had hard-boiled, I mean, there's a lot of action movies now that take from John Woo films. Oh, yeah. But like, hard-boiled, A Better Tomorrow, The Killer, I mean, those are like great movies and just being able to watch them and then also kind of see him come into the united states and do movies like hard target and face off uh broken arrow and wind talkers i mean those are those are like awesome i mean wind talkers is probably like the worst out of them all
0: <laughs> no fantastic action <laughs> movies right there
1: i know it's good stuff like face off is still if face off is on i will still watch face off
0: it's so broken crazy arrow, that's a that's what we call a, a what is it a remote stopper like uh, yeah. when you're flicking through channels and you go, oh, face off! Yeah, let's stop there. Face off! It's huh? the craziest oh, yeah. movie.
1: <laughs> oh, I love that movie, and I, all the, all of the, the effects and all of the camera movement that is attributed to John Woo. I think that's one of his movies where he just let it fly, because he had earned the cachet to like do that. So he was able to do every. I mean, the slow mo, the doves, the music. The you know the super high spark squibs when they're shooting and all the stuff going off and then the kind of like shakespearean you know role reversal family reversal um and how each one who each one thinks they're right but each one would have been good at their other job you know like john Travolta would have been great as a <laughs> villain which he was in the beginning and or just I mean, towards the end and um, Nicholas Cage would have been great as a police role. I mean, so it was just a wonderful movie to for me to watch that as I think I was like fifteen or sixteen. So I was like, Oh man, this is like this is how you do an action film. So like I used to watch a lot, of, and I still do now. I still watch a lot of like foreign action films um that are just I think they're they push the boundaries a little more in terms of what you can do and it makes fresh and exciting.
0: Yeah. Chris Cox, you're talking about things you touched upon things in that story where you're talking about before the Internet and after the Internet where you can find your tribe. You had to hop on a bus and go to different towns to find people that had anime, that had manga, that had the movies that you wanted to see now the kids and and here i am i just got older <laughs> the kids can just sit in front of their screen whichever screen it is and press a couple of buttons and you you got it you found your tribe you could find a whole group yeah. that that's dedicated to that tribe you could find a podcast a, a story a, a, you know all your stories you you can go to uh, to many different channels and find the stuff that you like in just a simple click of the button now previous to internet you couldn't do that you even had your cousin right in your own family that you were, you were scared to talk about it because you didn't know if that was a good thing. I want to encourage people. If you like it, somebody else is going to like it. it yeah. Your, your idea could be crazy or it could be crazy in your own head, but somebody else is going to like it. We're all human. My goodness. You're going to yeah. find your tribe and Chris Cox, you found your tribe. <laughs> tell Tell I, me more.
1: I did, man. And it's so, and it's so fleet, like that, that little, you know, that little bubble of things you like, it's so fragile and you you, you don't want to share it with people because you don't want it to break. And I think I went through a lot of my life like that, like with my right. like I love to write and always kind of wanted to like write my own story or write a movie or things, you know, write a script. And I've always kind of wanted to and I've always dabbled in a little bit, like I kind of wrote a play before when I was in high school and, and again, those are things that you keep to yourself, you know, like I was in like a I was in like a community acting theater when I was in high school, but like I kept that to myself <laughs> like no one knew about that um uh and It was called, it was B, no, that was Brooklyn. It was B-Cat, which is Brooklyn Community Access Theater. And then it was uh, Bronx Community Access Theater. And it was in Little Italy, 183rd Street. i (laughs) I love
0: how new york (laughs) is in streets man it's all sectioned off even there's five boroughs you know and those are all sectioned off so it's it's, i don't know if you can call it gang oriented but yeah you don't cross that part of the town because you're not from well it
1: depends (laughs) in in certain areas that yeah in certain areas that's it but i mean for the most part i think it's simple like when i come out here and it's like you know where do you live at oh well i live on uh, West 741st Road. Wait, what? What? Where is that? At? <laughs> Bob's Road. <laughs> you know, they have, yeah, they have all the fire signs, and then depending on how old the person is you're talking to, they'll call the road a different name. Oh, when you take that old old Sioux Trail Road, wait, what road is that? Uh, uh, 472. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, I'm, it'd be much easier if you just say, yeah, just go down, take 11th Avenue, um, and then get down to 121st Street, and then make a right. <laughs> That's it. That would be nice. That'd that was so
0: much easier. And there's a yeah. lot of cities. It, hey, I'm not going to knock it. There's a lot of cities here in the South and and out in the West that are that are set up on a grid. And, and I'm very proud of the city managers for doing that. But there's some very rural <laughs> areas that it's it it is Bob's Road, man. It, it, it's yeah, somebody's it driveway that you know. I think it's over yeah. a thousand feet in some places. They have to name it as the road and yeah it's hard yeah. to get around sometimes but yeah this is a young is. young chris cox in new york city uh jumping on yeah. buses and and how's the subway yeah. system there man is it fun I, i've never been north oh, of I, the mason dixon I, I haven't been north of, was, to to new york
1: okay i i thought it was fun i love taking the train the train it's like in transportation for me it's like trains were to me most excited trains were people to go like borough to borough like if i was going to go to From the Bronx to Manhattan, I'm going to take a train first. And then if I'm into Borough, I'm going to travel through the Bronx. I'm going to take either a bus. I can take a bus, a train, a cab, or I can walk, depending on where I want it to go. And so that's kind of how you do it. Like if it's somewhere within the Bronx, you can just hop on the bus or you can walk. If it's somewhere a little further in the Bronx, you might want to take a train. But if you're going from the Bronx to Brooklyn, you definitely don't want to take a train and then Manhattan kind of messes the whole thing up because then they have express buses. <laughs> so you can take an express bus, and you can go to, like, Staten Island. <laughs> in,
0: in the big city, growing up in the in the 80s and maybe early 90s, Chris Cox, uh, how safe was it for uh, a young Chris Cox, and how young were you traveling on your own, going off to different places? I mean,
2: I, I,
1: which, you know what's crazy about it is I was talking to my wife about that, um, my daughter, my oldest child is eight and I don't know if I let her walk from school in the, even though Nebraska is pretty safe, but just walking from her school to like home, I'm like, yeah, that's too far for you right now. Wow. But me at eight, but me at eight years old, because it's like in Nebraska, it's not really a whole lot of streets. So, you know, it's like sidewalks, but there's like not a lot. So you're always crossing through street traffic. And I know it's like the dad in me and I, I'm like, yeah, we're not, you're not walking home alone. But me, as an eight-year-old and a nine-year-old in New York City back in the early 90s. I was taking trains from uh, one part of the Bronx to another or buses. And I was traveling and going to my grandmother's house by myself. So at like eight years old, nine years old, I was getting on a bus and then or walking to the train station and taking like an hour train ride, getting off and then walking like another 15 or 20 minutes and then going to my grandmother's house like by myself.
2: Yeah,
0: like same. Uh, I'm, that I'm, was, I, I'm that growing was, up in the 70s in Miami and riding my yeah. bike sometimes with my friends, sometimes not. But ride my bike over to the movie theater and watch kung fu movies all day long. You know, just to you yeah. pay your ticket and you could just sit there in the theater as long as you want you know have your bike outside locked or unlocked i think i don't even think i had a bike lock in when i was a kid and you yeah, just left I, it sitting there I, out by the the, 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 the box yeah, yeah. And, and and away you I, go but then my 14 year old daughter I, we barely let her outside <laughs> what I,
1: yeah, how it's crazy. Why?
0: like it's
1: because times change man it's, it's so great and and it's weird because like I love living in Nebraska, like I love it, that there's so many things that my kids don't have to worry about, right? But then the side of me that had to worry about it is like, oh man, you are not prepared. Like <laughs> trying to figure out how to like prepare you for life, but also keep things happy. <laughs> yeah, we're going off on it's, that, that so
0: tangent. Fun. Are are we overprotecting our kids? Is that is that what's happening?
1: Uh, it's it's such a fine line of overprotecting, but understanding like things is crazy. Like even though everyone has like this fond nostalgic memory of being able to travel and do things on your own, uh, kids were still getting kidnapped. Mm-hmm. You know, kids were still getting you know hurt. And I, I think so. I think we over nostalgia and go, oh man, I remember when I used to be able to walk and do this on my own. But at the same time, there were kids that were still. You know, getting in trouble. And there were no Amber Alerts or there were no things like that. So, uh, I mean, we can we we can see the good, but we we have to understand that there was bad in it. Too. Like, even though I traveled New York City, and like I said, I I had a thicker skin because you grew up in New York City, so to speak. Like, you, you get a thick skin. You have to be able to talk, do things, and say things, and be able to carry yourself a certain way so things don't happen. Um, and it's just a necessity of know like my parents worked and they they had to go to work so like there's no they can't try me somewhere so you have to learn how to be self sufficient. um but at the same time something bad could have still happened back then it wasn't like that stuff didn't exist it could have still happened and very glad it didn't but it's like now i feel like with all these alerts and you know all these the, the human trafficking. I know we're going off like a really kind of like dark hole here. No, How you're about, touching like, upon vacuum. it,
0: Chris Cox. You're touching upon yeah, it. Is it. the, the information yeah, that, that we have? Yeah, all this stuff was yeah, happening you, back then. I don't even think I had seatbelts when I was a kid. How did I survive? No. I don't know. I, I you know. I mean, <laughs> but uh, now we have all this information, and it's we're living in the safest times ever, ever. Generally speaking, the whole world is pretty safe. And, and but we see all this information come through our Twitter feed where oh this guy, this this city had a problem and we see it and we go, Oh, what if I have that problem? Maybe I shouldn't yeah. let my kid out. Hmm. What do you but think? But the thing is the
1: information is good because like touch on it in terms of like pedophiles, right? No one really knew. It was just all that guy's down the streets kind of weird. Right? But now you know, you're so much more aware that people like that infiltrate every levels of like schools, businesses, things like that. And so it's good to have that information. It does it does make you overly sometimes cautious at the same time. And I worked in social work for like three years. And so it, it it's definitely needed the information and the cost and it's definitely needed because there's so much that goes around that doesn't even get reported, you know, in certain economic levels, like these bad things that we're talking about, it doesn't even get reported because they're like, first of all, we're not in a situation that the infrastructure, the first responder infrastructure isn't set up to serve us. So these things go unreported, you know, like a lot of African American and Latina girls go missing because of this, because they live in underserved areas or economically poor areas and there's no one that can really say anything or help anything. So these numbers get misreported until someone does support and you find out that thousands of girls are gone missing. So, I mean, it's safer and it's true that we live in an area that's safer, but at the same time, I think it, like you said before, I think it does kind of handcuff us a little bit because we don't let our kids experience certain things. And, you know, I I think I'm trying to, my wife and I are trying to, smaller and smaller doses. You know, we're not going to say, yeah, sure, go walk over there (laughs) by yourself, you know, like my parents did. And again, it was out of necessity. Both my parents worked. They worked in opposite boroughs and they weren't going to be home. And so, if I wanted to go somewhere, I had to be selfish to say, okay, I, I got to go somewhere. And then, you know, the best way back then, I didn't have cell phones, so I couldn't say, text my mom and say, hey, mom, I'm going over here. Left a note. He said, hey, I'm going to Manuel's house. This is his home phone number. This is his address. I left at three o'clock. And that's kind of how we were safe when we was ever gone. Uh Shout out to my friend Manuel. If you ever listen to this podcast, how. Huh? I'll let him know how to put his name in it as it was one of my child's <laughs> And it was like, you know, but the, and that's how I have to do it. Mom said, like, where are you going? I'm like, well, I to go to Manuel's house. Well, you you got his phone number and I leave the number on a, on a piece of paper, leave his address on a piece of paper, his mom's name. And then I would say, Mom, I left at three o'clock. And then when she got home and it was like 6.30, they better believe there was a phone call Manuel's <laughs> house, is Chris still there? Yeah, he's still here. Okay, he needs to be home by eight. <laughs> yeah, and that's how we—that's how we checked on each other. And I think now, in the world, why it is, even though we have all this information, is we did check on each other, but now we don't take the time to check on each other anymore. So that's why we're so close. Because oh, she's got her cell phone. I can just track her cell phone, but we don't have any type of contact anymore. So these bad things still happen, even though we have all this technology to keep us connected. So, uh, it's a whole lot. I can talk about that. Oh, yeah. We're lot. trying to
0: keep our kids safe. I get it. Uh, you know, and, yeah. it, and, yeah. and and with all this information, it it might have happened when we were kids, but we just did not know about it. You know, you know our, our heads were in the sand. We we had the news at 6 and 11. That's it. That's it, man. That's, that's all you had, man. Yeah. <laughs> Now they got to fill I mean, these twenty four new, hour uh, news cycles with with something. They, yeah, are your kids safe? They, well, don't let them go outside.
1: Yeah, that's why news is like some you know somebody said something on Twitter and that's like news. You know, like Kim Kardashian is news, and it's you know.
0: So I, I wonder <laughs> if in New York City, in the big cities, Chris Cox, are there still uh, young lads like? like little Chris Cox uh, going around on their own, taking a bus at at, uh, 10, at 10 years old, 15 years old, even I I guess 15, maybe you, you you might be getting bigger and into your own, but certainly at, at eight, nine, 10,
1: man. Oh yeah.
0: They got to travel around by themselves
1: because it's not, I mean, they have school buses. Everybody had a school bus, but it's not like where you see on TV where school buses come to a designated stop or they pick you up in front of your house. Like, That doesn't happen in New York City. So, like, you have to find a way to get to your school. So if you're lucky and your parents own a car, you know, they can drive you and drop you off at school. But for the most part, you either walk into the school that's closest to you in your neighborhood, you're taking a bus with your parents if you leave early enough and they say, I'm going to ride the bus with you, drop you off at school, and then I'm heading to work. Or if your parents work different shifts, then they can do that. But for the most part, you're going to school on your home because both parents have to work or one parent is like dead asleep because they just came home from work. So you got to find your way to school. So you, you're taught through repetition. Can okay, you take this bus? This is how you get a transfer. This is what stop you get off. This is what you tell the bus driver. Or this is what you listen for on the train. Or this is the street that you you turn down you know so by repetition and learning your neighborhood you learn where to go and so you just have to go to school so I'm I'm still even I haven't been in New York city in a while I'm still pretty sure there's kids that were that are eight nine years old and they're walking to school they're all taking a bus down taking a train by themselves like that's how I, I like very rarely I ever get dropped off at school I think one time when I was like high school age, I got dropped off at school and that's because my aunt, like I was visiting my aunt and she drove me from Queens to the Bronx <laughs>
0: and it got me to school on time. So I didn't like extra early. Got yeah. So out of college. necessity. All right. It, it sounds yeah, like, I, of, I don't know geography, of, but that, that sounds like it's a far distance.
1: It is. (laughs) It's a a good drive. Well, with my aunt, when she used to drive, you know, my rest of the soul, she used to drive like 95 miles an hour everywhere. So it was a quick drive with her. (laughs) But but did you die? (laughs) Yeah, but with normal people sort of following the rules of traffic and the sea laws, it can take a little bit. Um, But yeah, there's still kids doing that. And like I said, when you grow up in a city like that, and you know that growing up in Miami, you have a little bit of a thicker skin. Like you, you, there are things that you can deal with because you've seen them on a regular basis. Like when you're ten years old, you're taking the train and you, there's a crazy, like not just a crazy person, or someone that maybe has mental health issues on the train. That's not really fazing you too much because you've seen that, like. A lot of your ten years of life, because you've rode, really in these trains, so you've seen people act like that. So that's like, yeah, I'm gonna go take a nap. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, you steer clear. When when you, you, steer away yeah, from that. When you, yeah, you know, when you, when people are arguing on the train, or you see a fight happen, or or whatever it may be, you've seen that. So it's not like this shocking thing that fear that you get scared from. You're like, oh, okay. Let me just uh, keep my eyes down, not making eye contact with that today because I don't want to deal with that. And then you just, you move on. So it, it's something that doesn't, like, raise your, your heartbeat. Whereas if there's somebody from Nebraska who comes to visit New York and they're on a train and they see somebody that's, like, should be in Bellevue, which is like one of the mental hospitals, and they're, like, roaming a train, like, talking and cursing people out but just because that's their mental health sickness, like that would freak somebody out. I would be like, Oh my God, what is happening here? Whereas all the rest of the people who live in New York, I'm like, Oh, that's just Mike. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's just Tuesday. There's you know, 7 there's million people living Tuesday. in
0: one st- one place, you know? So obviously yeah, you're like, going to find different kinds of people.
1: Yeah. Like I, that's just today. That's just Tuesday, you know, <laughs> or, or just, just like to give you a scenario of being on a train, say summertime, being on a train in summertime in New York City is like this. It's packed because you got people going and coming from work. Everyone's trying to find the air conditioned car. So before they updated the trains when they just had like the old red like T trains, like not every car would have air conditioning so you knew the trains that had air conditioning by how packed they were. You're like, oh, man, this train is packed because it was one of the cars that had full air conditioning. So you try to walk through the trains, which they told you not to do, which you still did anyway, especially when you're younger, you wanted to feel cool because you could walk through the different cars while it was moving. Um, you'd find a train, find a car that wasn't too packed. It was hot. It was stuffy. You could have people eat. You could hear... You can hear a group of people conversing in like Chinese or Mandarin. You can hear another group of people speaking like Jamaican Patois. You can hear Russian. Uh, you can hear Spanish. Like all in the same car. Like these all are languages that are being spoken in the same car while you're there. Yeah. Then you could have someone. You could have someone walking in asking for money to a homeless person. Uh, either dancing or doing something or trying to make people laugh or just just saying, Hey, I need money to eat something. Then you'd have like an Asian woman who'd be on a train with like a backpack and a front pack, and she would have gum and batteries and would be selling batteries for a dollar. Uh, and let me tell you, no, don't laugh. No, no. Those batteries were the best batteries in the world. As anybody tell you, they last better than Duracell, <laughs> last better than Energizer. When you needed batteries for your CD player or Walkman, you would pray for this lady to get on the train (laughs) and sell batteries (laughs) for a dollar. But she'd have batteries for a dollar. She'd have Snickers for like 50 cents, all in the same like front like box compartment strapped to her chest. And then a and like an Asian male would get on, and like usually her husband, and he'd be selling toys. So he'd start the toys up and let them run on the train. So kids would be like, "Mommy, I want that toy." That is all one cart within like a fifteen minute section of each other. Like that is riding at least when i was young that was what it was to ride a new
2: york
0: city train that is excellent man i've seen that a little bit in the movies and you just brought it to me at you know not firsthand but second hand to me but firsthand yeah. from you uh straight from chris cox man that is fantastic and, and
1: so those they, batteries are
0: real yeah they <laughs> created a a, a a need for it and they, they said hey i i didn't you you were on the train you didn't know you needed batteries but th- this yeah. lady came on and you know what i do need batteries you know yeah and and, and i do and need a toy <laughs> yeah. and they last okay and hey they're those, good batteries okay this portion of the podcast those, brought to you know by what, that lady's batteries
1: <laughs> yes i don't know what it was about those batteries but they <laughs> lasted i'm telling you, you can ask anybody you buy a pack and you get two double a batteries for a dog right and those things slashed it <laughs> I don't know what it was but they lacked because when they went out he was like oh please let this lady be on the train to finish my train where I would music <laughs> now she's creating, she's creating a demand she's
0: creating a yes, and need she you're guitars, looking you're she, seeking her out
1: <laughs> yeah and if she get on batteries he'd be like yes I'm right, yes. Here. It's right here let me get you <laughs> Ah. let me get two. i got two dollars let me of fact like, uh let me get some snickers too you get batteries and snickers and you get
0: the go. excellent man so. excellent it, it's a it becomes a show and i've seen like i said i've seen this on movies but i didn't man, man i didn't know how real that was it is real oh it is you get but on the, the train and somebody's gonna tell music? you jokes yeah somebody you know, somebody's yeah. gonna to work out their their material uh you know whatever it may be that's fantastic, man! It's a show, oh, it, it, and that's big city life. City. I had that in Miami yeah. too, for sure. Uh, but then you you go well. I mean, we have Little Rock, Arkansas. That's the biggest city in Arkansas, and and they do have that that kind of of life uh, where where the creatives will go into the city, and and you'll see a guitarist over here and a guy over there playing flute, and you know, a guy over there juggling, and, and, and the, there is that. It, it, I guess you have a a bigger city in Nebraska. That you can go to and yeah. and find these things. Yeah, Omaha, Omaha, like, Nebraska. Like
1: Omaha, or Lincoln, Omaha, Nebraska, or Lincoln, Nebraska. That's going to be like your main hubs where you would see more of like the arts on display, more people in general, like walking in the streets or being around. Like those
0: are your, those are your two.
1: After that, everything else is pretty much
0: rural. Okay, so you're. I mean, yes, yeah, so we're, we're going through the. The, the life of of uh, Chris Cox a little bit in New York <laughs> City and, and finding out how how he came to be and 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 he became a, a tough kid and or, or a, a stronger kid um, some yeah. somewhat because of football and football is what took you out to the Midwest and and you met your yeah. lovely bride out there and hey fantastic yes. <laughs> that's a that's a beautiful thing now yes. was, now you said she was not from Nebraska either she was also a transplant no. but her family is is all in Nebraska.
1: Yeah, they all live in there. So my wife is originally from Guatemala, Guatemala
0: and then excellent. they
1: moved. From, they they moved from Guatemala to uh, L.A. They were in California until so she was like ten, and then they moved. Then they all moved to Nebraska. And they've been in Nebraska since. But so it's always funny is because I tell people when people listen to my story when I talk about my life, because they always, when you tell somebody from Nebraska when they know you're not from Nebraska, Nebraska and you say you're from New York, the next question is, well, how'd you end up here? Exactly. <laughs> so so after I tell that story, they go, oh, my God, your wife is from the West Coast and you're from the East Coast. And I'm yes. like, yep, and we met in the middle. We met right in the Midwest, right in the middle. And it's been a wonderful, you know, 12-year ride. Well, 13, if you count before we're married. So a wonderful 13 years, and it's just awesome. It's just a good time, so... Yeah, Excellent. so that's what has brought me to the Midwest, that's what's kept me in the Midwest, and also with my wife's urging of talking to someone else other than her, <laughs> <laughs> that's what <laughs> that's what urged me to start my podcast, because at the very least, I can talk in my basement, record myself, and then put it out there, and if someone listens, they listen, but at least... I got
0: what I needed to say off my chest. That is correct. And I, I noticed that you've, you've rearranged your podcast studio. At least that's what the, one of the last things you had on there. And and you didn't mention uh, that it, it is your basement. You found yeah. a spot, a place, a man cave, and this is what you're choosing to yes. do in your man cave. Yes. So you have a place to, to talk to people, to chat to people. People don't have conversations. I, I feel too much anymore. And that's what podcasts are, are allowing people to do. And, and the, yeah. the, the reason that I find that podcasts are so uh, popular is that you're listening in to somebody's conversation. you know you're you're finding out information about them and it's pa- you know giving you time to pass throughout the day whatever you're doing you're driving you' you're working out or whatever but but you're listening to a conversation of, of two people and maybe you like that conversation. And then you keep listening, and maybe you don't like that conversation, and you find another one. So there, mm-hmm. there, I find that there's podcasts for everybody, and and the reason I started this one is I, I wanted to have real conversations. I don't want to be looking at my phone all the time. And and what did you, you start your your multiple podcast disorder? Conver- I mean, you you were. Driving the wife crazy—that's that's part part of it. That oh, you that was number one. <laughs> talking to her about certain pop culture things and and mangas and and uh, animes. I mean, what what was the what was the straw that that made you buy the the microphone and and the computer, or you know, made you start the podcast? The the straw that broke the the camel's back.
1: In a good way, it was. It really was. Like even though I joke about it, it really was the support of my wife. Because like I'm like. <laughs> like I always had all that, that culture trivia things, you know, like I watch a movie. Oh, that guy was in this movie with this lady, blah, blah, blah. That was his first movie. To, like, I always like to connect the dots or talk about things. And like, in a good way, my wife's like, you should like start a podcast. Like podcasting is big. Cause we had talked about, you know, podcasts and things like that. And, um, I don't know how I found it or if she found it, but I found anchor. Oh,
2: yeah. And
1: it was a, f- it was a free podcasting, uh, like podcast host site. You know, like I looked into it and I researched I didn't have any uh, equipment, or did I? I did. So it's funny, like I started and stopped my podcast. So I brought this um, podcast in a box equipment set up and it was off Amazon and it came with a mixer. So it came with a, uh, you know, one mic mixer with a microphone and all the, you know, cords, you know, pop screen, everything, just look it up to your computer. And so I, I brought it and was like, I'm going to do this thing. And I got super discouraged because the laptop I had at the time was a Google Chrome. And so if anybody out there ever has a Google Chrome, they're really good, like affordable laptops. But to do anything like this on it doesn't work because it doesn't really... It doesn't vibe well with like USB um, like audio equipment. So it wouldn't like pick up my mic. It wouldn't do anything. So I was like freaking out. I was like, I just spent $100 and I can't use any of this stuff. Mm. So I was kind of dejected. Then I found Anchor and I was like, well, Anchor lets you do it from your phone. So if anybody knows Anchor, like I feel like I'm an Anchor OG. <laughs> Back yeah, I, I, anchor I think I don't
0: life. have to do my Anchor spot. Let's Let's do it now.
1: <laughs> yeah so like as an anchor og where it, it used to only be able to record for five minutes at a time so people don't know that like anchor now you can record like a two-hour episode and it's all good or you can upload a two-hour episode it's all good but when i first found anchor it was like probably two years ago or yeah about two years ago you could only record in five minute increments and And if you wanted to have a show, you'd have to record, say if you wanted to have a 30-minute show, you'd have to record six five-minute increments and then push them all together. Mm. And then it would basically create a podcast episode for you. Like that's how Anchor used to be. So I recorded my first episode from my phone sitting in my car on my lunch break at work. I just put my headphones in and recorded it on my iPhone. And I was like, man, this is cool. Like, is it was still all out there? Stream it is. That's my very first podcast episode. If you go all the way down to the bottom, it says episode zero. And I think it's like, it's called Angry at Success.
0: All right. I have I was, them all like, loaded up. I, I, I've i been listening to the last few, but uh, I need to go back and just listen yeah, to all of them. It's,
1: that's the very first one. If you scroll all the way to the bottom, <laughs> and it's the very first one. It's like five minutes. Exactly or something like that. It's called Episode Zero. It is Anger at Success. And that was the first episode I did and I just did it on my phone and I felt so empowered. I was like, Wow. I can do this. Like I got over the fear of because rec- I recorded it and I published it. And I was like, Man, this is cool. Like I showed my wife, I was like, Honey, look, I did this. This is up there. Like people can listen to this. And I started kinda uh, getting listens. And I was like, Oh man, somebody listened to this. Like, Holy snap. Like <laughs> somebody listened to this other than me and other than my wife. Yes. And so it was, and it kind of reinvigorated me. So then I started to do more and more research. And then I, I threw myself into it. And I was like, okay, how do I do this? I have this equipment. How do I do this? And then, so I was, um, where I work, I was able to get afforded it. And, um, uh, a macbook so i took it home one day and i was like, "I wonder if this works you know with GarageBand and everything so i hooked i hooked everything up and it worked and it recognized the mic GarageBand recorded it i was like we are in business so what well, like i it's like okay i'm gonna do it so i think the next weekend or weekend after that laptop home went to the basement got my mic set up And I recorded a podcast, and that's the actual episode one on my podcast. So, episode zero was on my phone, and episode one was me actually using my microphone and using my uh, using my mixer and plugging it into my laptop and recording it on GarageBand. I think I recorded like a forty-five minute episode or something. I talked about sports. I think I about sports, movies, and I think I got some anime in there. Oh, I did. It's about sports, anime, and movies. Cause I, at that time, I was trying to fit three topics or one topic of each into my podcast. And I felt so good. Like, I got it out there. I made some cover art. Like, I promoted it, you know, on Facebook and everything. And I was like, this is cool because I can do this for free pretty much Other than paying for equipment, I can do it for free. And then as my like love and excitement has grown for it and my studying, I've like constantly like, what equipment can I use? What can I do? How do I use this? How do I connect this? How do I add this? What's going to make this sound better? Or what are the analytics saying? Like, if you do a video, you can get away with bad video, but you need great audio. It's the same thing with podcasts. Like, your content may not be the greatest, but if you have really good audio, people will listen to you. How do you make it exciting? So I just kept studying all that, you know. YouTube is my friend Amazon is my uh angry devil' <laughs> Just Amazon for podcasters Amazon is the serious drug <laughs>
0: oh yeah yeah i'm I'm eBay I mean a lot of the eBay stuff goes through Amazon but I always buy yes. new stuff from them but everything I own oh, is is pretty much eBay, which is another yes. uh, which brings us back to the beginning on on why stores are closing
1: <laughs> yes. It's like Rick James on on Dave Chappelle's show. Like you said, cocaine is a hell of a drug. Yeah. Amazon is a hell of a drug. For sure. You're like, oh man, I can get this, I can get that for like twenty one dollars. Boop, yes, please. Yeah. So be here tomorrow. I, yes. So over time, I have upgraded. Um, I, I went from the one, you know, from the one mic mixer. I now have a, a two mic mixer, uh, which is great. So when I actually do have guests inside of my home. I can set it up and have two mics. You know, I have different equipment. I have my studio that I'm kind of uh, rearranging. I feel like I rearrange all the time. Uh, but I share it with my wife because she has her her work office kind of on the other side of my studio. <laughs> and it's it's just awesome, you know, because it's grown out of frustration that, oh man, I can't believe I spent $100 and this stuff doesn't work, to I, I spent a little bit more money and now I'm like oh you can do this or you can add this or now now I know how to do a mix minus and I have this so now I could take live phone calls if I wanted to like step up and do that or I can record everything down to my uh my Tascam uh DR5 recorder and basically record live to air so now when I do it you know I can you know my guests can they can hear my intro music they can hear my interview they can hear everything that I'm doing on my end, and we can have a wonderful conversation, you know, using a software like Zoom, which is free. I mean, so it's it's really awesome to sit back and how I've grown, and and, and, I, and I, I love it. And I do it not to necessarily make money. I do it because I like talking. <laughs> like, I like to talk, I like to listen to people, and this is what's truly fun for me, and so, like I said, I, I enjoy it a ton. And that's kind of how I got onto the road of multiple podcasts. And I, I didn't want to be put into a box of, well, you should talk about sports, or you should just talk about anime, or you should just talk about movies, or you should just maybe talk about politics. I was like, I'm going to talk about anything I want to talk about. So. <laughs>
0: Yeah, all the different avenues, all the different facets of Chris Cox started at a a young age where you had different likes, different interests, just like most people have different likes and different interests. Don't paint any one person into a box, whatever even that means. What is this box? (laughs) We're not boxes. (laughs) We're we're people, and and we interact with other people. And eventually you're going to go, oh, I like that thing. Let let me go do that thing. Let me go check that thing out. So, and you're, yeah. and you're doing the, exactly what you love. I'm looking at, at a picture of you and you're in your podcast studio and you have your pictures of my my hero academia and stranger things behind you and you're on the air. And there's a few more pictures that I don't even recognize, uh, you know, that you have some, some pop figures uh, as well behind mm-hmm. you uh, and you've got it set up, man. And, and you're, you've got the ability to chat with people. How how do you find the people that you that you find interesting? I mean, I I, I go to Instagram and that's how I find you. I found you. I I find people that are, that are interesting and you seemed very interesting. Chris Cox, how how do you find (laughs) the people that you talk to?
1: Um, I, you know what, honestly, I joined a lot of groups on Facebook. Like once I started, like I said, when I researched the podcast, I joined a lot of groups like, uh, the, the anchor group, um, I joined, uh, like a, there's a task cam group for people who have like, it's called podcast, 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 but really it's like a task cam group. So if you have any type of task cam equipment, you can be in there. Oh, um, I have a zoom. Another one is
0: I, I have a zoom for H4N pro, which is what I'm recording you on right now. <laughs> See, there you are. Brought to you by zoom. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know,
1: I, I can't go
0: to the task cam group cause I don't have one. I have to be sectioned off.
1: Uh, true. I would, you know, you can just pivot a little bit. Uh, <laughs> uh, I have a TASCAM and you recorded me ipso facto. You have a task cam, so there you go. Join the group.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think I've had task cams over the years. I've been in radio since '86, yeah. so yes, I think I've had a task cam in my hands recording yeah, somebody yeah, at some was. time. So
1: you're good to go. So you're in the group. Your grandfather.
0: Yay! I'm in. Thank you, Chris Cox. Thank you.
1: Yeah, I'm uh, What I'm like podcast lounge, like things like that. So I just kind of joined some of those groups and like met uh, people through that. Like I think one of my other than my cousin who's been on my show quite a bit, one of the people that's been on my show a lot was a guy I met through the anchor um, Facebook group. And his name is Wes. And um, he has a podcast called I Got Next. And we just kind of vibed about talking about sports like i'd say hey, you want to call my show man we're going to talk about some sports and and uh sports and anime and we started talking getting into spider-man and we were talking about the different universes of spider-man and and a cool fact is uh stan lee went to my so i went to dewitt clinton high school in the bronx and stan lee went to my high school excellent So stan lee so Stanley went to it. Clinton, like a lot of people, like Ralph Lauren, Ralph Lauren, the creator of Polo, he went to my high school as well. Like a lot of famous people, Tracy Morgan went to my high school as well. Yeah, um, so a lot of famous. Yeah, so a lot that's, of That's my
0: Tracy Morgan. My Thank you,
1: <laughs> Tracy Morgan. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I like Tracy Morgan. He's funny, <laughs> and um, so we kind of talked about that, and we vibed about that, and like podcast wise. Our mentality was the same, and so he's been on my show quite a few times, like talking about basketball. We've talked about football. We've talked about one of my favorite things is him and I did a show, and all we did was talk about Voltron, the animated, the new animated series that's on Netflix, and just talked about how awesome that was. Like that was one of my favorite. It was like an hour and forty minutes, and we just compressed eighty episodes of Voltron. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) and it, it, it was it was probably longer than it should have been, but you know, what? him and I were just having a lot of fun, and like through that, that's how I've met some of my guests. You know, I've had my cousin on because he hit me up. And was like, hey man, I'm starting a podcast too. I was like, well, you need to get on.
2: Yeah. And then one
1: of my one of my very first guests was actually one of my good friends that I played football with because he was in the process of uh, writing like an ebook and being like really fulfilling like his goal of wanting to be like a life coach. And so we got on and we started talking about that. And I think that was like episode two for me. And that was one of my like highest rated episodes. And we just talked about life, school, how we've handled things, um, setbacks, positive things in our life. And then he was talking about some of his wisdom that he's learned, but it's just, it's from people that I know, or people that I meet digitally um, through, you know, like I said, Instagram, Facebook, or any of these podcasting groups. And some of these, uh, some of the nicest people, and like like you talked about, have a great conversation, Dan, and they have some really cool ideas, and it turns out some really great conversations. So it's like we're, we're all trying to connect and be heard, and then once you find someone that has the same type of wavelength, even the ones that don't, you get a really cool friendship or a really cool conversation out of it. And to me, that also is what I'm in it for in terms of podcasting. So that's that's how I get my guests is through my, uh, through my Facebook groups or uh, you're the first person I've met like through Instagram to do podcasts with, but mostly to the Facebook groups.
0: Excellent, man. Chris Cox, the multiple podcast disorder. And I know I'm resetting it. This this is years of radio training is reset the the episode. I should have said that many more times throughout. (laughs) But I've said your name enough times that I hope my listeners have have it drilled into your head. Chris Cox, everybody. (laughs) Look him up. Multiple podcast disorder. Man, you know, I, I never put time limits on this thing. But I think we are drawing to a close uh, on this fine Saturday afternoon. And we started what, yeah. <laughs> at, at at eleven a.m. and it just uh, crossed over. Are you still? Are you Central Time in Nebraska? Yeah,
1: I'm Central Time, so well, it's uh, eleven a.m. So it's about a good hour and. Some odd minutes
0: (laughs) well all right (laughs) excellent i mean you know hey there there shouldn't be a time limit on a conversation especially a good conversation like this one and i knew it was going to be good because hey you're you're a guy that likes to to chat about things and you've had a life story and we we just barely touched on chris cox's life story we mostly spent our time in in new york and, and, uh, and then we crossed over, I mean, just go into Sheboygan. I, I just wanted to say Sheboygan a few more times. Sheboygan. I just like saying that name. Yeah. <laughs> <Sheboygan>. <laughs> it's, it, it seems like a, a fun town just, just for the name alone. But, uh, I mean, any, any other avenues that you want to explore? I mean, what, what do you do? do What do you do for cash? Cause I know podcasting doesn't pay the bills at first and anybody that's out there yeah. that's, that's listening that, that wants to start a podcast don't expect you're going to get rich i mean unless you're a famous comedian or a movie star uh, you know i've been yeah. listening to mike tyson's hot boxing uh for the past week or yeah. so and uh, it's just amazing and i know he's probably making money right off but for somebody oh, like yeah, you yeah. or i that that are no. yeah, maybe maybe not quote unquote famous now, even though you're on the What Makes You Famous podcast. <laughs> you, you know.
1: well, hopefully, I, hopefully I'll be famous now because I'm on your show. Hey, just a little <laughs> bit more famous
0: than you were. You know, my, my radio yeah. station that I run online is Radio What? And it's What Makes You Famous. How about that? <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Anything well, else I, you want to tell the people?
1: I, You know what? I, think I have a YouTube slowly uh, burgeoning YouTube channel. As you say, it's Multiple Podcast Disorder. So you can check me out on YouTube at that. And I've got two videos up. Oh yeah. Two. Uh, one was kind of like, a, one was a trial one and I've got one that I did better where I experimented with some do it yourself, uh, DIY, DIY lighting. And I feel like I got pretty good at lighting and got the background set up. Uh, I was talking about some, uh, the zombie genre and whether or not it's dead or, uh, is it being revitalized by foreign cinema So I talked about that and I'm going to plan to add more, uh, YouTube videos, just talking about different avenues that I like to, just another way to get myself out there.
0: Yeah. I mean, you uh, can always do the the podcast with video and put them out there simultaneously. I, I I'll put this up on, on YouTube and I'll go ahead and subscribe to your multiple podcast disorder. YouTube.
1: Yeah. I appreciate the subs. I think you'll be like number nine. (laughs) you'll be you'll be subscriber number nine maybe 10 so i appreciate that and like for money for my actual job i am a program director at a ymca so i run and i coach football so i coach eighth grade football and i also uh, am the program director at the y so all of the sports for youth and adults as well as any programming uh, be it educational or fitness-wise,
0: I am in charge of uh, creating and facilitating
2: that.
0: So, And that is just yeah. great, man. You learned how to play the football, and now you're teaching the football. That's what we yeah. should be doing, man. Whatever you learn, <laughs> spread it around. Tell people. Hey, Don't keep it to yourself. Te-
1: teaching also helps you learn better, too.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I is a good teacher.
1: <laughs> yes. Now, teachers are
0: great, man, and, and that's... Ah, oh, that's fantastic, man. So the the YMCA is your your primary day job. Yes, sir. That's fantastic, man. Uh, what what was the what's the Tower Academy? Oh, that's something that you did before.
1: Oh, yeah, I worked at Tower. I was a well, I was a resource teacher. So all of the knowledge that I learned about being a um, a tough kid and all of the hard knocks that I learned. I was able to translate that into working with uh, basically at-risk kids, and I hate to say at-risk kids, but kids that were on their last chance in terms of schooling in the district. So they got kicked out of any of the other schools in that district, and they were sent to Tower. This is kind of like their last stop other than either going to jail. And Some kids were in jail and got released to come to school during the day and had to go back and serve the rest of their time. Um, and while others, this was the school that was best for them because putting them in a high population school would just have them slip through the cracks. So I did that. That was in Sheboygan. Um, and I also coached football in Sheboygan too at Sheboygan North High School. And then I, before that, I was a wraparound, uh, a wraparound care, uh, worker. So basically a social worker. And I worked with, families and parents in the legal system who are juveniles and helping them to stay out of the legal system as adults. Uh basically they were on orders basically they were on orders to be taken away to a juvenile detention center or a juvenile prison center, but they were on a stayed order with me to work with me and my um the program that I was affiliated to help them stay out of jail so I kind of worked with kids a lot throughout my life
0: Chris Cox fine upstanding member of the community man helping the kids (laughs) the children are (laughs) our future (laughs) you don't try (laughs) try. you succeed man you're doing good (laughs) no that's great if you could help one kid then well, <laughs> I DJ on the weekends, and I, I I played a song last night that I knew just one person in this room full of a hundred would have liked. And I said, if I can just entertain one person, then I guess I'm I'm not very good. <laughs> so, but yeah, you're helping a multiple amount of people, man. You're helping a multiple amount of people, and that's fantastic, man. You you've taken the knowledge that you've learned. Now, when you went to to college at the Mustangs, is that the area of study you had was teaching? no
1: i actually i went uh i took the long way around i went to for mass communications because i wanted to be on the radio i wanted to be on tv so i wanted to stay in, initially stay involved in sports as long as i possibly could because i didn't know if i was going to play after college so i wanted to be like a sports broadcaster so at morningside i, I that was my major is mass communication so i learned early editing on um like final cut pro like way (laughs) so i learned early editing on that i learned uh i worked at the radio station at night so i was a radio station host i did the night's uh weekends. So Friday through Sunday, I did the weekends late night. So I kind of got to play a little bit more when what I wanted versus what the normal studio ration of music that you have to play. Well, I'm going to play this amount of pop or cause you're hip hop, you know, time, this is what's kind of allotted for you because I worked weekends and late nights, I had a little bit more leeway. So I pretty much would go there early Friday, basically dig through the crates and find stuff I liked and i would play it and uh, uh, you giving so people a,
0: a little uh, taste of of radio if you work DJs. for a, a big st- a big company you have less leeway i've I've worked for yeah. major corporations and i've also worked for mom and pops the mom and pops yeah. have a lot more leeway you know where it's just yeah. one station one owner and if as long as you get along with that owner you can do pretty yeah. much you know you, you have more leeway not pretty much whatever you yeah. want still got to stay with the format
1: but yes you have to stay within the format but i had a lot of leeway, a little bit of leeway to play music that i liked and i can
0: converse
1: with the community so with the listeners so i did a lot of call in stuff and I, you know i'd play a lot of songs and i wouldn't do a true introduction i'd be like all right well if you guys can name that tune you know call in in the next blah blah, blah you know however many minutes or seconds or whatever and people come in and name we talk about that and you know this is their favorite song or well, they didn't like this song, but they don't ever hear it on the radio. So thanks for playing it. So, I, I really enjoy doing that, especially when I was in college and and just having fun, just being on the radio at like, you know, two in the morning. Like I think that's a, an experience people should like have, is being on the radio at two in the morning and playing music is pretty fun.
0: Being oh, yeah. in a radio station, and, and, and you're talking to the truck drivers, station. you're talking to the security guards, yes, you're talking to people out there yes. that work nights, uh, the nurses that are working in the middle of the night. Yes. Uh, you know. So yeah, people work at night, man, and that's an yes. it, you, and, you'll have a niche crew uh, uh, yes. amount of listeners, and and I'm sure you develop some some fan following there.
1: Well, and it was cool because it was it was a lot of the students there late because you were there working work study or on campus or they were studying. And so I'd play a lot of music that we liked back then. Uh, But also I'd like sneak into a lot of stuff that I like. So I'd play a lot of, uh, a mix of like instrumental, like hip hop jazz, lo-fi hip hop, the big thing now, but there was a couple of bands that kind of had like a lo-fi hip hop jazz back then. And they were fairly obscure. So I'd play some that music on the radio and, and just, you know, like I said, things that I liked that I could get away with. And I liked film and, and video, and, and I was able to kind of film some projects for one of like my film classes. So that's what I went to school for. But because of my experience in that life and experiences in college, a lot of people recommended me to work with kids. So one of the like very first thing I ever did is I was a youth counselor at a juvenile detention center in um, in, uh, in Sioux City, Iowa. And so I worked there. And then from there, it went to like working in schools. And then from there, went to working at another juvenile facility in Kearney, Nebraska. From there, it went to working as like a social worker in Milwaukee. And then from there, went to working at a school in Sheboygan, Wisconsin. And then from there, I'm at a YMCA here in Nebraska. So it, it kind of... I wanted to be in radio, but people said, you know, you could help kids, and that's kind of been my uh, job that I've been
0: in since then. And then it allows me to coach, so I can't say no to that. <laughs> yeah, and you're taking all the avenues once again that that you started at, at, at a young age, and you're putting them all together. You're doing the podcast. That's got the radio. You're the football. You're yeah. teaching the kids how to play football that's from an early age and this is where do you see all this culminating do you think that pod that uh, sports casting announcing is 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 something that you still want to do uh, wh- where do you see yourself in in five years chris cox
1: well in five years i would love to have my own like iphone videography business because that's what i'm like dabbling into trying to create now um, as well as a podcast that is earning income, and not not to be rich from it, but a podcast that's earning income.
0: Yeah, make a living. That's
1: in. where I would like. Yeah, that's where I would like to be at, and being able to meet people and talk to people and talk at events, or you know, anything uh, talk on the radio, and, and basically just share myself with other people. That's that's where I see myself in the five years. Is definitely doing my videography and definitely doing my podcast.
0: I think you're well on your way, Chris Cox, the multiple podcast disorder host. Uh, tell the people how to get a hold of you online and socially, and give them give them the links firm firmly.
1: Yes, I will do that. Well, first and foremost, you can find me at Anchor. That's Anchor FM. Or you can find me on iTunes. Or you can find me on Spotify all in the Multiple Podcast Disorder. Um, you can find me on YouTube at Multiple Podcast Disorder and Facebook at Multiple Podcast Disorder. And if you don't want to feel like jumping around to all those different links, <clears throat> you can just go to my link tree. So basically, it's Linktree. It's L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash multiple podcast disorder and that will give you a link list of everywhere you can find me of all of my podcast hosting sites as well as my social media sites so again that's my link tree so it's re e slash multiple podcast disorder and that has all my social media and podcast links
0: well, I encourage everybody to go find Mr. Chris Cox and listen to him, man. I mean, you, you've listened to him for over an hour. He's got the sweetest voice, and and yeah, you had aspirations <laughs> of being being on TV. You got a pretty a pretty face too, so uh, yeah. I, I'll, I don't know
1: I'll, about that. Probably have a face for <laughs> radio.
0: <laughs> hey, that's what I <laughs> always say. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate you chit-chatting with me for a while, and I want to be mindful of your time. You have your 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 lovely family there, probably waiting for you on, on a Saturday afternoon. Um, what, what do you, what do you got planned for, for the, today to tell, uh... we're
1: going to make box, we're going to make box robots. So what? We're going to, we're going to, you know, we, you know, we have all those boxes, you know, from Christmas, those big boxes. So my wife and I and the kids, we're going to like cut them all up and just make robots and, and spaceships for the kids. So that's what we're going to do this afternoon.
0: What a fantastic use of boxes, <laughs> man! That's that's great. Hey, family time is good, man. Well, I, I'm going to get to my family as well. Any last words for the people, Chris Cox?
1: I I would just personally like to thank you, Dan. I appreciate you reaching out to me and giving me the space to talk because I know I can talk a lot. So thank you for giving me the space. Thank you for reaching out to me and to all the people out there listening. Is if you got a little small dream that's fragile, don't be afraid that it's going to break. Get it out there. Show it to people. Let it be free. Because like Dan and we said earlier, you're going to find somebody else that is going to be on the same dream level as you. So don't be afraid. Go out there. Jump in. It. If you like a certain type of show or you like a certain type of uh, a, a genre, a movie, or, or anything, or books, go out there and share it with people. If you get to write, sing, whatever it is, go out there and share it. And I guarantee you're going to feel happier for doing it. So, and uh, have a happy New Year's, everybody. <music>
0: Well, there you have it party people i knew it was going to be good chris cox the multiple podcast disorder find him everywhere he's got a link tree these kids and their their new stuff i don't even know what a link tree is I, okay i know what a link tree is i don't know how to make a link tree yet <laughs> i will figure it out and maybe i'll make one for myself man but uh, look up chris cox the multiple podcast disorder he's got quite a few episodes out there and he's got them separated in seasons i i uh i wondered about that you know because i I, I, th- I think i might be doing it wrong I, maybe there's no wrong or right uh, some people hold their podcast for a week and they put them out weekly Not me, i mean i I'll put a podcast out like right after I record it, (laughs) you know, uh, I'll put the intro in and the outro and, and just send it on out to the world. Uh, Maybe no editing needed because it's real life. It's a real life conversation. And it looks like that's what uh, Chris Cox does as well. He talks about things that are on his mind, things that he likes. And if he likes it, somebody else is going to like it. And as he was saying towards the end, he's getting listeners and he's kind of excited about that. So people are listening to the conversations that are being had out there. Yeah. Podcast might be the way to go. It's, uh, it's radio on demand is what it is. It, it, you, you can listen to the morning show and the morning drive as you're going to work, as you're going to school doing your thing whatever it is when you're in the car yeah, and radio will well it, it's still around but for the most part i like to throw in a podcast uh, whatever i'm feeling that day like I, I said at the end there i was listening to mike mike tyson's hotbox that's the 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 podcast i've been listening to and and uh you know of course rogan and and mark maron and but the science podcast as well with the uh, Wendy Zuckerman, and science versus and, and Neil deGrasse Tyson with his, uh, um, he's got several podcasts and even, uh, Chuck nice, his co-host has branched out and gone off and done some other podcasts, the science of sports and such. So they're all out there. If you have an interest, uh, your, your podcast is out there waiting for you. And if you don't have it out there, I encourage you to make your own, do what Chris Cox did with his multiple podcast disorder. He says he was, he was driving his honey crazy uh, with all his uh, sports talk and his anime talk. And she didn't want any of it. <laughs> I get it. I understand. I could, uh, come up with a conversation and start talking to somebody, but then you'll start feeling maybe, maybe they don't want to listen to this. Maybe they don't want to hear this. Well, I got the podcast, Chris has got the podcast, whatever's on your mind, you put it out there. (laughs) That's what we do, man. That's what we do. Thank you so much, Chris Cox, for coming on the program and being a part of what makes you famous and ever forward to your multiple podcast disorder podcast and, and all the endeavors that you do, man, I I see you, you know, you're teaching the kids, you're teaching the kids to football that you I learned, and and I see you doing uh, things with your uh, podcast and beyond, and you know doing doing the things that you want to do, man. And and you got your family, and that's sweet. They, they making robot boxes. Uh, that, that's that's what. He, after the podcast was over, he said uh, that he's going to be taking uh, the, what he's doing with the rest of his day. He's going to be taking the boxes from Christmas and in, making making them into robots for his kids and his wife, and that's, man, family time is good, I'll tell you. It, it was so good talking to Chris Cox of the Multiple Podcast Disorder, and it's good talking to you as well, my loyal listeners, my people out there, and I <laughs> I, I, I encourage you, if you want to tell your story, give me a call, 501-470-6386, or email info at com. That's it for this edition of What Makes You Famous. It's Keys Dan with RadioWhat.com. DJLittleRock.com. Peace. I'm out of here.
1: Hey, Keys Dan. What you doing? My line.
0: I'm playing the best music by request. 24 hours a day. Click on the request tab at the top of RadioWhat.com.
2: RadioWhat.com.
0: If you like what you hear, follow What Makes You Famous social media. Use the hashtag, What Makes You Famous. Follow on Facebook at What Makes You Famous. Follow on Instagram at What Makes You Famous. Follow on Twitter at MakesFamous, And follow on YouTube at KeysDan. Leave What Makes You Famous podcast a review and subscribe. PayPal.me forward slash KeysDan. Email info at radio what.com. What makes you famous podcast is a production of KeysDan Enterprises Incorporated at keysdan.com. Thank you for listening. Radio What? The music you want with some great quotes. Laziness is nothing more than the habit of resting before you get tired. Jules Renard. The music you want. Radio What? dot com